Hi, this is Coach MJ. You're back on the real Mission I'm Possible show. Today, we're going to bring you someone who is the secret weapon of successful meetings all across America. She's the founder of Remarkable, a speaker's bureau, and she's got a story to tell. She's also an author, a successful best-selling author, and a speaker, and has devoted her passion to helping other speakers and meeting planners match the perfect event so that there'll be massive takeaways and value for everyone. Introducing to you, please welcome Sue Falcone. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm certainly glad to be here. Greetings from North Carolina. All right. Well, you know, I, I grew up not too far from you. Uh, and, you know, uh, I do appreciate the kind of the country where you're living in presently right now. But you do come from another part of the country. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. I'm a, from Oklahoma. Nice. So, uh, and everybody saw that musical. We're going to ask you, Sue, just before we get going here, tell us how things are going in the meeting planner business, in the conference business. How is the whole, how is your whole world running as one of the most successful meeting planner speaker bureaus, rather, in the United States today? It has boomed. All through COVID, we said, <laughs> we're going to bloom and boom. <laughs> and it is. It really is. We, we're rescoping things. We're doing lots of events, both virtual and in person. And it, it looks a bright future, but it's a different kind of future. You know, you have to realize where the event planners are at today and be willing to do, we book outside the box. We are willing to do whatever an event planner needs. Right, so for those of our listeners who might not be cued in on what an event planner does, Sue, could you just take us through what their function is, I guess for a conference or a company, how does that work? Okay, the ones that, uh, they can be all kinds. Uh, sometimes they're designated event planners, with the company or with the association or with the organization, but sometimes they have other hats. Like they can be the vice president of talent development, or they can be the vice president of HR. Uh, they can be a lot of different things. So you have to know who you're talking to. You have to know what their language is. And sometimes they don't always know what they're looking for because they have an idea or an idea has been given to them or we've got to have this meeting and we've got to have this conference. This is the direction we're going in, but it's an open field to be able to say, okay, what are the outcomes? What are you looking for? You know, and some can do that really well, but again, we found uh, during COVID, a lot of people that were in the event planning industry were let go or they got out of it. <laughs> they didn't see a future. They didn't see whatever. And so we're dealing with a different uh, experience of, of event planners that haven't been doing this long. I'm working with one right now. We got everything handled. And we're ready to go. This is the first event she's ever planned. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is good. All right, we can handle this. So we got to make them feel comfortable. We got to make sure that they understand that we can provide whatever they need in the best way possible with the best talent. So, you know, it's it's been an exciting experience because you can almost say 
what we do is we want to be personal and real to these people because they need our help to make sure that event is great and remarkable as they want it. So we we just try. I I have questions. I I always ask a lot of questions. A lot of event planners say, "Golly, I haven't asked. I haven't answered this many questions." I said, "But we need to know who you are. We need to know where we fit with you and the right one that I can send you that can do that." So it's been exciting to learn. Boy, that's really something. I I'm just wondering, Sue, that was this a passion of yours as a young girl growing up in Oklahoma to be involved in such a big industry? And did you see yourself as the as the head or leader of an organization such as Remarkable? No, I certainly didn't. <laughs> I gotta be very honest with you. I didn't come from that background. I didn't come from a background that would have encouraged me to be anything. I was told probably most of my life growing up that I would never amount to anything. I was useless. I wasn't really valuable because I didn't meet the expectations of what a family that I was adopted into wanted because I am adopted, but I was illegitimate to begin with. And I'm just thankful to my birth mother that she chose adoption rather than abortion. I'm, I'm eternally grateful. And, but she put some restrictions on it because I was to be adopted into my birth father's family and never to be told. Well, I was a cute little kid, I think, from the pictures I saw. And uh, he, uh, my birth father had four, uh, four siblings, and so they all wanted me. And so a judge had to make that decision. And looking back, I said, wow, that was a big decision for a judge to make, who to give this little kid to. And so I was given to a couple, they're my aunt and uncle, that didn't have children. And I found out later they wanted me to save their marriage. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cute as I was, I didn't save their marriage. and I paid for that. And so all my growing up, I knew to get out of the situations I was in that, first of all, I'm thankful to my grandmother because she saw something in me that she knew I could be more than any of them, <laughs> any of, uh, of who I was around. She knew that. So she gave me an encouragement. She saw that I went to church. She saw that I got involved in things that I wouldn't have done, even though she was a full, almost a full blood Cherokee Indian, and she wasn't welcome anywhere. <laughs> she was a maid and a seamstress for all the people in our town, but she wasn't welcome in there. And so, but I didn't look like her. So they kind of welcomed me in because she pushed me in there. And I'll be grateful to her forever because she was that mentor, my first mentor because she was out there being all she could be because she was only allowed to go through the eighth grade. Indians back then in Oklahoma didn't get to go on to potentially live out their dreams. And so she had to do with what she had, but she passed on to me that I didn't have to be limited. I could be and do whatever. And so that's, that's where I started. And even though I was shy, I was very shy growing up. And, uh, but I realized, I realized there was something out there 
So I got good grades. I, I learned, I learned to read and explore. And that's what I'm still doing that. <laughs> I love, I love the adventure. And uh, so that's, that's kind of where the backstory went, but going on, I was the first one in my family to earn a scholarship to college. I got a year in, had to quit by circumstances, and then I got hired by South Center Bell, the Bell Telephone System. And that started all this journey, and I was mentored by some of the best in AT&T and Bell Systems that saw the potential in me and they gave me the resources and they spent time and that's where I'm at today. I'm eternally grateful, especially to Zig Ziglar. The legend, absolutely. We we share a, a fondness for Zig Ziglar as as mm -hmm. he has millions of fans around the world. But you'd actually met him and and spoke with him and worked with him in some capacity, Sue. Yes. He was hired a lot by AT&T for all the leadership. And when I was promoted into management, he was right there for all of us. But I had red hair and his wife had red hair. So I think that was a connection. The red uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she was awesome. And uh, so, you know, that uh, he just, you know, poured himself out. And uh, I realized that there was great potential. And I went on to a great corporate career. And that's how I got to North Carolina. Wow. I that's, was transferred here. That's mm -hmm. such an amazing story. It's 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 a movie, what you just described. You just took us on a roller coaster from your humble beginnings and the struggles that you went through to fight your way to be accepted and and then have your your grandmother, the most precious person in your life, to give you the encouragement, the love, support, the guidance, and that nudge so that you could move ahead with your life get that scholarship, start to paint your way into the future that you love. Circumstances change that, but Bell grabbed you and said, hey, 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 and groomed you into the one of their top executives, which gave you the capacity, ability, and the training to be able to become CEO of Remarkable Speakers Bureau that you are today. That's amazing. It, when I look back, it sure is. And my grandmother always said, that uh, she wanted to live to be 100, so I could. Uh, she lived to be 98, and she was still doing some work. And so I, I've said all along, you know, retirement's not my DNA, so we're still out here doing all the wonderful things. And everyone says, are you going to retire? I said, no, mm -mm, it's not my DNA. So we're, we're going to keep going and uh, growing, and that's what we do. But after corporate, you know, I, in corporate, I hired outside speakers. I did training. I did events. I did the whole works for a lot of order, uh, of different divisions in our company. And I, uh, I just didn't want to, I'd probably still be with AT&T. I just didn't want to move one more time because <laughs> you did a lot of moving. Right. <laughs> and uh, so I decided, uh, you know, that our business unit was, was, Closing, so I decided that I'd take my uh, 30 years and then I became a speaker. Now I'd hired him, so I knew how to book myself. I knew how to write. I knew how to do all those things. So I got a book out there and I was out there on the circuit speaking and thought that would be my 
plan for the rest of, of our days. And uh, I met a lot of speakers. I knew a lot of speakers. And I realized I was on every speaker bureau in the country and in the world. And I said, golly, you know, that wasn't really a, a good benefit for me. And I said, maybe I could start something that would be unique and different custom design that I could help other speakers get out there and be able to share and tell their story. And because that's what we are, storytellers. So that's how Remarkable came about. 14 years now, we've been Remarkable as Speakers Bureau, and it has been exciting to see. I have to say, I, I've met some of the speakers that you have uh, in, in your faculty across the country, and they're just amazing individuals, all speak very highly of you. And that's, uh, and, uh, from a meeting planner, that's where I got uh, that Sue Falcone and Remarkable Speakers Bureau is our secret weapon for a successful event. So I just had to get you on the show and get more information about what it is you're doing out there to impress these people. Uh, tell us, Sue, when uh, one of these events that you're organizing, of course, you know, you did tell us earlier on that there's a new uh, cadre of people who are doing those jobs. But I guess that's not really a bad thing because you have all the experience, you and your team and your speakers. So you're really bringing a full total solution um, to these events and conferences. And your main focus, because you were a speaker, because you're a successful executive and an author, you know how important it is for that person who's attending that event to leave that event taking something home, a message, a meaning, a purpose. And so you bring a holistic solution to these event planners, which got to be a welcome uh, ordeal as far as I'm concerned. We've, we've captured on that, yes, because yeah. uh, a lot of people just don't take the time to personally, and I have a I, I have a client, and, and she gave me a recommendation. She said, "I don't know how you do it, but you make us feel like we're the only client you have." You know, that's the personal touch, and I've always said that. And I probably gravitate to represent speakers, and I also represent celebrities and entertainers and music artists and executive coaches and uh, corporate trainers as well. We want to have a full scope of being services to be able to provide, but I probably gravitate to those that will give that personal touch, that will make sure that we're going to please that, that client no matter what it takes, because we know we've been there. <laughs> you know, we can be on the other side. And of course, I've been on all the sides, so I can see a perspective better than a lot because I've had that experience. And that's where I think that's the value add that I can see because a lot of times I can do some consulting work because a lot of times they cannot see, I'm doing one right now. They can't see the big picture down the road because maybe it's not just an event they need to do. They need to do even a scope of events, you know, that will take them in the direction they want to go. So we've got that experience to do that. So that's key as well. Does your agency or bureau rather, do you also help organizations with their learning and development piece 
executive coaching, do any of these services as well. They seem to be more and more popular, as I've noticed, certainly after the pandemic also. Yes, we decided <laughs> recently even to get into that. Now, I don't know why I had not started out with that executive coaching and corporate training because I was in that to begin with. That's kind of where I, I evolved around. But I didn't realize, I think, until COVID how much it was needed and how much we were starting to get, to get requests for it. And then I saw around too, not many bureaus offer that. Not really. And so I said, okay, let's, let's launch out. And believe it or not, we have our first corporate training coming up that we booked and we're in proposals now for executive coaches. So I can see that that is going to be a thing that we can, uh, something that a service that we can offer. And then we also have plans to offer future because <laughs> uh, I get, I'll be honest with you, I get a lot of applications for people that want to be on Remarkable. And I've made a commitment that we're going to stay pretty unique and pretty small. So that means that I have to decide and me and I have a team and I have a, uh, a council that goes through every application we get to make sure that we can uh, you know, see what's available and what's not. But we see so many that they're not ready for our bureau yet. And so we're thinking about and we're putting the plans in place to offer speaker services as well, because we can't service the ones that are not ready yet. And we develop guidelines of what we can service and uh, we just keep going that way. So we're going to offer some more services and that's unique to a bureau. I would I would think so. Of course, you from as a from a serving heart approach your business that way. And uh, you 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 serve, as you said, you serve your speakers, you serve your meeting planners, you serve the delegates who attend these events because you want them to have that remarkable takeaway. And that is your brand. Um, so how did you come up with this whole idea of remarkable? There's a very unique philosophy around that. It's an impressive word, brings joy and memorable um, ideas to my mind. Where did that come from? Well, I'll be honest with you. I really didn't want to be a speakers bureau. When I started out, I wanted to be a global booking agency because I'm not a listing agency for speakers. I'm a booking agency for, for our to all of our talent. And that's how I viewed it. But I realized <laughs> uh, a global booking agency does not SEO well on a website. It just won't. So I said, okay, I got a marketing person and my website people. I said, okay, what's it going to take to, you know, we want it unique. I don't want to be lumped in with every speaker bureau. I want to be unique. I want to be custom. How do I do that? And so we started searching around and I, the common theme of a lot of speakers and all, if you look at their, their sites and all their material, that was a remarkable speaker. They use remarkable a lot, you know? And I said, hmm, that's kind of a unique word. And I'm kind of this writer and 
even you can see it, my emails, my articles. I like to use a lot of exclamation points. Now, uh, that's not grammar, you know, grammatically correct, but I do it. Um, <laughs> it's just me. So we all got together and started thinking about this. And I said, okay, I think remarkable would be, you know, something we could cling on to, put the exclamation behind it. And then they came up with a speaker's bureau. That A means that we're different. That set us apart. That exclamation point right there. So that's how we started. And uh, it was it was really, uh, you know, at first everyone says, remarkable. A speaker bureau. What's that? <laughs> you know, so then you have to explain what it is. And but it all came a circle because people now I hear remarkable everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, that's it. So we just answered the call. <laughs> I guess you do. So I'm, I'm curious. I saw in your bio uh, how you spend some of your uh, personal time, if you don't mind me bringing this up. Uh, I kind of, I went, wait a minute. She's, she's a dancer. She goes out dancing. What's that all about? I mean, what are you doing? Well, look, I've always loved music. I grew up in Oklahoma. My, my dream growing up, never fulfilled, but I could sing. That's how I got into a lot of churches and a lot of places they let me in because I could sing. Not necessarily for my background, but I could sing and I loved singing and I wanted to be a, a country western singer. Sorry. That was, you know, that was, but I didn't have any backing. I didn't have any uh, drive that says that's where you need to be. I just didn't. I just knew I loved music. And I danced a lot and uh, it just never came to fruition. But now when I look back on it now, I said, look, I'm representing some of the best music around. I said, wow, maybe I didn't get to do it, but I can help others develop their potential to do it and give that encouragement and that thing. So it, it's kind of come full circle. But my husband and I, uh, 34 years ago, we met on the dance floor and we've been dancing ever since. <laughs> so we continue that and we find places that are good, have good music, and we go dance every week. We also work out. I have a exercise group called Motivated Motion that meets at my headquarters every Monday night. And we've got 10 dedicated ladies and a trainer that works as hard. And now we're into weightlifting and using weights. So I'm like, that's going to be the key to keep us going. But I look back to my grandmother. My grandmother was extremely healthy, as am I. That's another thing. You've got to keep your health in mind. And um, she loved music. She danced as a, uh, a young girl. And so... I got that love, I think, there, and, and, but we walked. We didn't, I didn't grow up with a car. I didn't grow up with all the things that every kid had. I just didn't. We didn't have it. And we walked everywhere. And I love walking. So now my husband and I, we walk a lot because we go out and focus and we know, and he was in a job with the post office. He was a mailman that walked 12 miles a day. So that's how we keep healthy. It, it has served us well, and we'll continue to be out there doing it. If you're listening to this, folks, 
I have to tell you, if you can't see this, if you're listening on a podcast uh, where you can't see the video, Sue Falcone is fiery, radiant, and glowing. And it's due to the fact that she's just talking about now. She's been a walker, and she keeps her fitness that way. And so many people, after the age of 40, I'm gonna just going to speak from experience because somebody told me that. They said, Coach MJ, whenever you turn 40, <laughs> people are going to start dropping their good habits of health, start stop walking and doing the things that were making them fit already. for. And Sue has adopted this as a fitness for life. And, you know, that that is just a great takeaway from this thing because no matter how successful you are, if you don't have your health, you got nothing. Exactly. You have nothing to give back. You have nothing to do that. And I might mention this, all growing up and all during my corporate career, I was heavily overweight, but it was because I ate a lot of healthy stuff. My grandmother could cook. Let me just tell you, and I ate it. I studied and ate and did all that. But when I left corporate, I realized even though I had great health, my weight had nothing to do with any disease or anything. I didn't have any of that. I was totally blessed but I weighed over 300 pounds. And when I met my husband on the dance floor, I could still look, they didn't, I could disguise it. They couldn't, you know, whatever. But I decided at that point, that was the turning point that I needed to lose weight because in the future, you never know. You never know what comes and all like this. So that's where I had the time. I spent it I spent it on self-helping myself say, yes, I can lose it. And I just tell people, you can lose it if you want to. You have to make that decision. And then all I do is I, I eat less. That's what I do. Portion control works with exercise. And it's hard. It is. Because, hey, food's everywhere. <laughs> you know? And every event offers it. Matter of fact. They plan the food before they ever think about what they're going to need in the program and the speaker and all. The food's got to come first. And <laughs> so we compete with the food. And now with the food prices, you know, it's like you still have a budget. You know, it's crazy. But I I've, I found life is not about food. It isn't. You got to have it to live, but you don't have to have it for everything else that it it draws you into. So I've worked it. my husband's thin. He's been thin all his life. So I just watch and he's a slow eater. So I eat slower and enjoy it where I, and I go in and I still go out to eat. Everyone says, Oh golly, it's just tempting. You go out to eat and people uh, wine and dine you and all. I said, look, I can only eat half of what they bring. If they let me take it home, I've got another meal. You know, I, I, I can't absorb that much food. And so that's how it works. And it's been a blessing to be able to share that with people because people want to know how to get healthy and all. And we're, we're showing them in some form and give back. Wow. That's inspirational. Living proof that even if you thought there was nowhere to you to, for you to go from there, you found a way. And once you found your reason why, 
you found the way to be able to go about it. That's that's just amazing. Right. And I got the inspiration all from his word, from God. Pete has shown me all my life. My grandmother showed me the Bible verses and she said, learn them and live them for life as she did. And that's part of the the key here is that we have to be joyful. We have to be positive. We have to be thinking that what we're doing or why has to be to make a difference to somebody else and to please God. And so that's, you know, I do my best to take, not perfect, but do my best to take the ego and the pride and all that out because it's about others. It's not about me at all. Oh, that's just amazing. A remarkable story. <laughs> Sue, I'm, I'm going to ask you uh, if you could, if you had a minute as people are driving in their cars, listening to this podcast, or maybe just on their way to work, just looking at a video clip on their phone, what would you suggest or what would you say advice-wise to someone who might be going through adversity or going through somewhere where they just didn't know how to get out of it or how to move forward. What advice could you give that person that you think could be a, a lasting impression? Well, I started some years ago when I read the book about having a word of the year, a word of the year that you can cling to no matter where you're at or what you're doing and you can build your business plan around it. You can build your life around it. And I got the idea from a speaker and a trainer, John Gordon. And, you know, he he shares it every year. Do you have your word of the year? And when I started doing that, it was so simple that, you know, I said, you had to think about it, what, what it was going to be so that no matter what you face or what situation comes, whether it's good or whether it's not so good, hey, you can have a point to come back to. And through COVID, I saw it really work for people because the the word of COVID was resilience, right? People didn't know they had it. But if they chose that word, they went and found, what does that look like? What is What am I doing? You know, what do I need to change? And a lot of it's mindset, but... That word, and and we did that in a business sense. And when we did it in a business sense, I took it on as a personal. This is where our, our remarkable gets personal and real. And this year, we chose the word, and the whole team voted the way they nominated and voted on unstoppable. And let me just tell you, that word has made the difference when we have faced... <laughs> opponents when we faced anything that we can face or when we have the good news we know we're not going to stop we set goals all around that and those were personal goals too that keeps me when, when I am sweating and I'm thinking oh I would rather be doing something else tonight instead of working out I'm saying look no can't stop unstoppable we're going to keep this going because if I stop the whole team that I have will stop and I don't want to do that. So I think if you can think of a word and you can do it right now, you don't have to wait. It's not the first of the year. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This is the middle of the year. You can start anytime. Decide what your word's going to be and then 
you'll see it's amazing when you choose that word and you really get with it, you see things and you see that word all the time. It's amazing how things come to you, you know, that you see. So that's that's simple. It's easy. And that's I do my best. I like to be known as Simply Sue because I like to keep things simple. Simply Sue, the secret weapon for successful events all across America. Thank you so much for your wisdom and your time today. I also like to say if you're listening to the show on a podcast, and you just heard the advice that Sue has given, and she's telling you right now, you can choose a word now. You don't have to wait for a New Year's resolution or for your birthday. I'm going to suggest you choose the word remarkable. And I'd like for you all to have a remarkable day, a remarkable rest of the year, and a remarkable life. Thank you so much, Sue, from the Remarkable Remarkable Speakers Bureau. God bless. You too. It was a joy being here. Have a remarkable week.